Now on view at SCAD Fash, Manish Aurora's Life is Beautiful. Renowned for dazzling designs and a rainbow of colors, Manish Aurora has brought the talent and craftsmanship of India's rich sartorial history to the global forefront, earning international acclaim on runways across three continents. Designing in India since the 1990s, Aurora's glittering garments celebrate extravagant expressions of self through varied materials, techniques, and silhouettes in a triumphant union of Western and Eastern aesthetics adapted to today's multicultural society with a touch of humor. Find out more at scadfash.org. Support for WABE comes from 100 Miles, a nonprofit committed to preserving Georgia's 100-mile coast. Protecting this critical coastal ecosystem takes all of us. Watch the stories of the innovators and future leaders who help keep our coast flowing at OurGeorgiaCoast.org. W-A-B-E in Atlanta, this is City Lights. I'm Lois Reitzes, thank you for listening. Earth, Wind and Fire made history in 2019 as the first R&B group honored with an award by the Kennedy Center. While they were on tour, Philip Bailey, the band's lead vocalist, stopped by our studios to talk about their legacy. We'll listen back to that conversation later this hour. The ancient Greeks called Sirius the dog star, as it's the brightest star in the constellation of Canis Major. Because Sirius appears to rise alongside the sun at this time of year, the Greeks believed the combined power of the stars is what made this the hottest time of year, the dog days. And we have a soundtrack for the season up next. Whether you're out in the heat or cooling down inside, Dr. Scott Stewart has a summer classical playlist for us. Scott, welcome back to City Lights. Thanks, Lois. I love that composers in all genres, classical, jazz, pop, and more, are usually in tune with the seasons. And there are so many takes on summer out there. When you scan music about the season of vacations, you might expect to find a lot of kind of upbeat celebratory music. It's warm, it's sunny, school's out, and everyone's headed to the beach. But there is certainly a lot of inward-looking music about summer as well. These are pieces that reflect the beauty of nature, the vitality of being near or on the water, relaxing at night after a fun vacation day, and even contending with the hot, muggy weather. It means just what it sounds like. Summer has come in. We've heard that medieval tune performed by the Lumina Ensemble. I think this was one of the first pieces in music history classes in music school. And if the Middle Ages had a top 40... Sumer Isakubidin would certainly have hit the charts big. <laughs> this is a super popular medieval tune, which is actually a rota or a round. It's kind of like row, row, row your boat, where one person starts singing and the next person starts singing the same music. And it's one of the earliest examples of what we call polyphonic music, or several people singing at the same time in six different parts. This is a super old piece. It dates from around 1275 AD, and the text celebrates the summer season by singing cuckoo. The surviving manuscript, which is beautiful unto itself, contains both Middle English and Latin lyrics, 
some of it's a little body, <laughs> so I'll let you Google those lyrics. It's worth noting that this fun little earworm was sung by a massive choir at the opening ceremonies of the 1972 Summer Olympic Games in Munich. Another example of our ancestors enjoying the summertime is found in composer John Playford's first edition of The English Dancing Master, that dates from the year 1651. Upon a summer's day is a jaunty dance and a wonderful introduction to the fundamentals of English country dancing. Yes, and thank goodness he was type A because this book has both the music and the choreography, so we can replicate the social dance of the 17th century, whatever we want. This is a lilting tune in even four measure phrases. And it sounds in G minor, even though it's not really sad. This was the time that music theorists were just starting to label tonality as major or minor, but in this case, it sounds very pleasant and energetic. When you said that composers were in tune with the seasons, it's fascinating that so many have written music inspired by all four seasons, including Haydn, Tchaikovsky, Astor Piazzolla, Philip Glass, and even John Cage. Likely the best known of these collections is by the Italian Baroque master Antonio Vivaldi, The Four Seasons. This is a series of four concertos, three movements each, for violin and string orchestra. Vivaldi's Four Seasons are so immensely popular today that it is unbelievable that the music basically was unknown until about 1950. And this is when LPs, or long-playing records, again, we might have to put a replica of this online, <laughs> but they became widely used and they were they held enough music time on them that we could get all the Four Seasons recorded. Vivaldi wrote these around 1720, so it places them around the same time as the Brandenburg Concertos by Johann Sebastian Bach. Also, interestingly, program music, or music that kind of follows a non-musical storyline, really wouldn't come into fashion for another hundred years or so. But Vivaldi includes these written cues for the performers to indicate what the music was actually representing about the seasons. Yeah, he wrote the poetry for it. If you are just joining us, this is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes with WABE music contributor Dr. Scott Stewart sharing his summer playlist. The summer movement is one that reflects Italy long before air conditioning. So <laughs> we have heat and intense humidity here with some thunderstorms in the final movement. The soloist, in this case, the wonderful violinist Nicola Benedetti, plays the part of birds. First the cuckoo, later the turtle dove, and the goldfinch.
That's the third stormy movement of Summer from the Four Seasons by Antonio Vivaldi. Nicola Benedetti was the violinist. Also, I think that is the fastest summer movement recording I've ever heard. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> amazing. She, you know, she identifies primarily as a Scot, but her father mm. is Italian. But she, I knew I liked her. <laughs> she speaks like a Scot, too. <laughs> Incidental music refers to a musical score that's written essentially as background music, usually to a play that is not a musical. The most famous of this genre is likely Felix Mendelssohn's music for Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. He wrote the overture in 1826, when he was all of 17 years old. Yeah, Midsummer Night's Dream is one of Shakespeare's most popular comedies, this really rollicking mix of fairies and elves and Athens royalty, pairs of lovers, a theater troupe that gets lost in the woods, and all of these plot twists and hilarious comic episodes. The concert overture that Mendelssohn wrote for this play, which is often the first piece of music I use to introduce students to classical music, has enjoyed a spectacular afterlife as a standalone concert opener. Mendelssohn wrote the overture in 1826 and the rest of the incidental music in 1843, near the end of his all-too-brief life. Yeah. And the overture, in terms of how it's set up architecturally, is pretty simple. It's what we call sonata allegro form, A, B, A, kind of like an Oreo cookie, chocolate, marshmallow, <laughs> chocolate. We get some expository or opening material. It gets developed and manipulated, and the original stuff comes back, which is pretty standard stuff for the classical era. But it's how Mendelssohn ties this really bubbly music to Shakespeare that's what makes it extra special. So the overture opens with these four magical evocative chords. These harmonies are a little unexpected and remind us, as Shakespeare says, the course of true love never did run smooth. They usher us into the magical forest outside of Athens, Athens, Greece, with mischievous fairies darting about. The first big theme that we hear is the royal theme of Theseus and the Athens court. Big brass in a very cheery major key. Then hear the yearning of the lovers expressed in the legato or smooth and connected music, the love theme in the strings. Without spoiling too much of the plot, there's a segment in the play in which Puck, who is a fairy, transforms Bottom the Weaver into a donkey, with whom the fairy queen Titania falls in love. This is what we call text painting, where there's a mimicry in the music with something in real life. In this case, the violin's imitating the hee-haw of the donkey. Mm -hmm. 
This amazing music written by a teenager was like any that had come before it, and it forged a close relationship between music and literature that the Romantics would seize on in later years. The Overture Number Two, subtitled Souvenirs of a Summer Night in Madrid, by Russian Romantic era composer Mikhail Glinka. In it, we hear the merriment of a summer festival in Spain. Yeah, I think Glinka doesn't always get his due. He was pretty popular in Russia, but he ended up being a teacher and advocate of so many of the Russian composers that we know very well today. He spent three years traveling outside of Russia in the 1840s, especially in France and Spain, and he delighted in the popular and folk music of these countries. So this lively overture, the souvenirs of a summer night in Madrid, with its wonderful Spanish touch and creative orchestration, is one of the several results of this traveling. WABE Music contributor Dr. Scott Stewart will be back with more of his summer playlist after a short break. You're listening to WABE Atlanta. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. Let's return to my conversation with WABE music contributor, Dr. Scott Stewart. He's been sharing some of his favorite seasonal music to enjoy during the last full month of summer. Scott, there's a good deal of music written for summer that takes us away, maybe spending time on the water or enjoying a relaxing evening after a fun-packed day. Music by French composer Maurice Ravel from his piano suite Miroir, or Mirrors. That was the third movement, A Boat on the Ocean, played by pianist André Laplante. I love Ravel's up and down of the waves, and this is accomplished by very highly technical piano arpeggiating up and down the the piano keyboard. We remember Maurice Ravel for Bolero, of course, and maybe the ballet Daphne and Chloe, 
and the Pavan for a Dead Princess, but he also contributed a substantial amount of the piano repertoire, and these pieces are stunning and definitely worth checking out. Mm. The British composer Frederick Delius once claimed that it is only that which cannot be expressed otherwise that is worth expressing in music. Delius composed his short tone poem, Summer Night on the River, in 1911, just a few years after Ravel's Boat on the Ocean. in this impressionistic era. They didn't necessarily talk about it like that. We kind of label them impressionistic to reflect some of the painting that was going on at the time. This is sophisticated, very upper crust writing by Delius, who moved around and absorbed so much music from different cultures that his voice is I think pretty unique in English 20th century composition. We hear traditional orchestral instrumentation, but start to hear some spicy chromatic harmonies. And it's not hard to imagine a calm evening with the moonlight sparkling on the water and waves lapping on the riverbank as you enjoy the evening. Eve, music of the Pulitzer Prize-winning composer and Atlanta School of Composers member Jennifer Higdon, great friend of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra and personal friend of Robert Spano. We heard the Prism Quartet in that recording of Jennifer Higdon's Summer's Eve. Yeah, and it's so nice to hear saxophones from a great (laughs) composer. This is another great example of Jennifer Higdon, who writes music that is very lovely to hear and very accessible to any listeners but is also super gratifying to musicians. Higdon imagines this idyllic summer evening where maybe you're out on your porch swing or you're on a rocking chair and you're surrounded by crickets and kids playing outside in your neighborhood. And she achieves this idea of a relaxing summer night with these really expansive melodic lines that I would say have a pretty far reach And also with this continually restless and churning rhythmic idea. She has a beautiful grasp about how the members of the saxophone family, the soprano and the alto and the tenor and the baritone, can entangle themselves in harmonious and sometimes dissonant conversations. It's really lovely summer porch music. And she's a lovely person. Yes, yes. From Atlanta. Yes. Brudex cicadas have worked their way into our lives from landing on the president's neck to causing numerous car accidents to interrupting golf tournaments. They are waking up from their 17-year slumber to breed and are appearing by the billions in the next few weeks. These are the Rip Van Winkles of insects, Scott. 
<laughs> they are. And now I just should say, and this is not a BBC documentary, but I do know enough about cicadas to know that they do not bite, they do not sting, and entomologists are reminding us that they're very good for the environment. So don't you diss them. Just just lightly brush them off of your arm if they hop on. <laughs> <laughs> Still, they're big bugs, and a lot of us don't love big bugs, but uh, there's a lot of music that's out there inspired by butterflies and fireflies and even ants. I was kind of amazed to find a cicada-inspired musical composition by Chinese composer Gao Hong, who currently resides in Minnesota. This is a rendition of... Summer Cicadas, from her composition, Guangxi Impressions. Members of the Minnesota Guitar Quartet performing, and in some cases imitating, summer cicadas. Music of Gao Hong. May the music remain, and the cicadas make their way back into slumber. <laughs> With more than 25,000 versions. George Gershwin's Summertime is the most covered song in history. It was written in 1934 for his opera Porgy and Bess as a lullaby for Clara to sing to her child. It's amazing that the song is not even 100 years old and it's so well known all over the world that we just assume it's always been there. But uh, what a beautiful tune. And lyrics are credited to both DuBose Hayward, who wrote the libretto or the, the text for the opera Porky and Bess, as well as credited to George's brother Ira, who collaborated with a lot of his music in Tin Pan Alley during the popular music era. This is a bluesy ballad. It's a jazz standard, and it's appeared in just about every genre that exists, from reggae to disco. Here's the incomparable Kathleen Battle with conductor Andre Previn and the Orchestra of St. Luke's, Summertime by George Gershwin. Summer expresses itself in both wild celebrations of vacation splendor and the quieter moments of reflection away from the world. So whatever your take is on this season of sun and quiet nights, I hope some of this music will be a good companion. Whatever the season, Scott Stewart, we can count on you to refresh us. Thank you. Thanks, Lois. Dr. Scott Stewart is WABE music contributor and host of Strike Up the Band. He's on the music faculty at the Westminster Schools and conductor of the Atlanta Youth Wind Symphony. You're listening to WABE Atlanta. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. In 2019, Earth, Wind, and Fire made history 
as the first R&B group honored by the Kennedy Center. While they were on tour, Philip Bailey, the band's lead vocalist, stopped by our studios to talk about their legacy. We started with the premise of wanting to make music that made a difference and make music that actually rendered, as Maurice said, a service to humanity. There lies our, our concept of lyric writing that you know, we wanted to, you know, speak to the things that were happening in the world, but in a, in a way that always had a, offered a sense of hope. It, it really does, and certainly did back in 1969. You mentioned Maurice, the band's founder, Maurice White. He was very spiritual in his approach to music. He even named the band after his astrological chart. Since Maurice's passing in 2016, have you kept his spiritual influences alive? Well, you can't help but to do that. I think that uh, every every song that we sing or perform, um, his DNA is all over it because he's the architect, the conceptualizer, and many times, and most of the time, uh, co-writer on all the songs that uh, we're singing. Um, but we've been touring without Maurice um, before he passed for 25 years. And he was very much in support of uh, us taking on the legacy. And he sometime he would come out. You know, he struck, he uh, was challenged with Parkinson's for for a long time, but was you know in in high spirits and still as active as he could be in the music industry. That's wonderful. At what point in the band's history did you realize they achieved iconic status? Still realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very humble of you. You know the, you know the Kennedy, the Kennedy Honors is something that yeah, we're still trying to come to grips with. You know, it's <laughs> like it's quite because it's something that, you know, we, you could have never foreseen in your life at any level. You know, for us, we just really wanted to. We were struck with this with this music thing and and wanting to do music uh, at the highest level that we could. We achieved that and uh, continued to play for sold-out audiences around the world and still having a lot of fun. And the music has become part of the soundtrack of most of our lives now. And so, you know, a lot of times the audiences are singing louder than we are. That That is so gratifying. And that audience is made up of people our age. Five generations. Isn't it? Yep. That is the most fantastic part of it. Let's go back to 1975. That was Trinity's time. Your daughter's <laughs> birth year. Right. Okay, there's a spiritual That's connection. Right. And you, Philip Bailey, is the lead vocal in Reasons. Oh, yeah. thinking about as that place. I'm just getting caught up in the sounds. Music has been something that has always captured my imagination and my attention. And uh, when I sing, I'm just really caught up in in the sound and the vibration of sound and um, the beauty of it and how it really, it really plays me. You know, I'm just, I'm the instrument and, you know, the music just moves through me. And it's a fantastic experience, you know, to be used in that way. I'm thinking about what you said of the music being 
hopeful of it not being without a message. It's not lightweight right. in any way. But after some of the protest and more confrontational music of the late 60s, you think people were just ready to be more soothed? Well, you know, I, I definitely think that the torch, you know, was passed. Music is just a audio soundtrack of our lives and what's going on in our lives. And so, you know, for that reason, all music has a message, whether it's positive or negative. We just chose for the bent of our musical legacy to be one of shedding light. Let's hear another song from 1975. That's the way of the world. and the heart rate lowers a little bit and we become more relaxed and take in that message loud and clear. We're going to pivot to your solo career. Your classic song with Phil Collins, Easy Lover, has been certified as a golden hit winning an MTV Music Award and nominated for a Grammy as well. How did your partnership begin with Phil Collins? Well, the Phoenix Horns, who played with Earth, Wind & Fire, were actually touring with Phil and playing on uh, his uh, Susudio uh, project. And they introduced me to him when they played in Los Angeles. And I was in the process of working on my second solo project for CBS. Initially, I asked him to uh, suggest a couple songs because I really liked the songwriting that uh, I could cover. And then one thing led to to another and uh, he ended up producing that second uh, solo record for me called Chinese Wall. Let's hear that gold hit, Easy Lover, 1984. Whoa. Dream 
Philip, what was it like? Phil Collins is a tenor with a high range, and your style, your trademark style is falsetto. What was it like combining voices? Very natural. It was very natural. I think that the timbre of our voices really complemented each other. He could be exactly who he was, and I could be exactly who I am, and uh, it all made sense. You look like family in the video clip. You know, when things work are working, it, you know, it just, it looks like that. It feels like that. And, uh, you know, that whole project was the one that uh, I guess was really supposed to be, and it was very seamless, even in the video and the whole thing. He's a wonderful talent to work with and uh, had a lot of fun. In addition to Earth, Wind, and Fire in your solo career, you also founded the Music is Unity Foundation in 2007 with your daughter, Trinity. Please tell us about the foundation. Well, Music is Unity, as you said, is a foundation that myself and my daughter, Trinity, founded to benefit emancipated foster care youth. What that means is uh, foster youth who are aging out of the system. I'm a grandfather and father of seven, and uh, I can't really conceive of any time where, you know, my my children or grandchildren don't need support. So thinking of a large uh, segment of our population not having any place to turn or anyone to turn to at a very vulnerable age is uh, horrifying. And we've heard some really horrific uh, stories. So a portion of our proceeds, our ticket sales go to Music is Unity, and Music is Unity uh, offers Uh, different grants to organizations who are helping young folks who are find themselves in right in that gap and have so many varieties of needs. Have you talked with or kept in touch with any of the individual young people who have benefited from the foundation? Well, we've had several of them over to the house and wow um, you know with uh, and they've you know kind of shared their stories and you know they they've since become real advocates for social change in the, in that uh, whole arena uh, changing laws and and going to congress and so forth but these uh, young folks shared some of their stories with uh, with us and uh, it really did give us more of an understanding of why supporting this cause was so important for us. If you are just joining us, this is City Lights on WABE. Our guest is the renowned singer Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind & Fire. He also founded Music is Unity, a foundation which helps transitioning foster students into adulthood. The foundation also includes a backstage soundcheck experience. You call it a tour experience. What is the goal of the backstage soundcheck? Well, um, as I was saying, that we fund organizations who are interacting with uh, these folk daily, and it's just our way of getting a personal touch. So we invite youth to our backstage soundcheck, hopefully that are interested in, you know, some deterring aspect of the industry. And so we introduce them to all the many facets uh, of our touring uh, entourage and what they do and so forth. And then they stay with us and we, you know, we have maybe go to catering together and then they they watch the show and, and then, we, you know, they we meet the guys after the after the show, and it's just a, it's a great experience. What's the age range of these young people? Uh, 17 to 20. Okay. So they're at a point when they can be thinking about careers. No, and no pursu- question. Pursuing yeah. a path. Any aspiring musicians or singers? Who there's been, there's can... been a few that actually were musicians on some of the experiences. Yeah. Mm. You released your 12th solo album, Love Will Find a Way. Why is it important 
to you to create new albums outside of Earth, Wind, and Fire? Well, it's it's always been a much-needed experience for me because I get a chance to spread my wings, as it were, and I'm not relegated by the parameters of the Earth, Wind, and Fire and what people expect uh, and how they expect Earth, Wind, and Fire to sound and be. I can, and also get a chance to work with other artists. On this project, I got a chance to uh, to work with great artists like Chick Corea and Kamazi Washington and Christian Scott and Christian McBride. Oh, we're talking some serious oh, jazz music. Yeah, you know. Um, actually, Will I Am's on there in Bilal. And, and beyond. Yeah, so it's it's a, it's a fantastic project. It uh, took over two and a half years to do in between um, touring with Earth, Wind & Fire. But we're, we're having fun with it. Well, we have uh, an example from the recording, Billy Jack. Yes, this is a song, a uh, uh, Curtis Mayfield song, and actually uh, Robert Glasper arranged this one, and this is the first single. Let's hear it. It's a serious song. Yes, it is. Still relevant. It is very relevant, and that's uh, so goes um, many of the songs that are on the project. Uh, speaks to the times that we're living in. Yeah, it would be great if we were no longer living in the time of Billy Jack, but what a great collaboration that was. We have to hear just a little bit from a song you requested, Earth, Wind, and Fire's Fantasy. Oh, it's been a fantastic experience. I mean, Thank you. Your delight in music, in your career, the many aspects of your career. I'm wondering when you sleep. And your compassion and generosity with the Music is Unity Foundation. I think you're a shining star. Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, I you know, I just consider it such an honor and a blessing to be able to experience the things that I've experienced in my life and to give back and uh, to just, you know, play it forward. Philip Bailey, the lead vocalist of Earth, Wind, and Fire. They'll be on tour this fall with the concert at the Macon City Auditorium on October 12th. Finally today... The Georgia Writers Association announced on Monday that they'll accept submissions for the inaugural John Lewis Writing Awards, inspired by the late civil rights icon and congressman. Lewis was a remarkable writer himself, receiving the Georgia Author of the Year Award for Memoir in 2017. His March trilogy was an autobiographical series about the civil rights movement. 
The awards are meant to elevate and inspire young black writers in Georgia and will be given annually in the categories of fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Applicants must be residents of Georgia for at least a year or a full-time student at a Georgia college or university. A 500-word essay, writing samples, and an application must be completed and submitted by September 15th. More information is available at georgiawriters.org. You've been listening to City Lights, our daily exploration of arts and culture. Tomorrow at 11 a.m., Chef Arnaldo Castillo shares the inspiration behind his new Peruvian pop-up, La Chingana. If you missed part of today's show, you could catch up on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. There, you'll find our complete archive of interviews, so you can listen to City Lights on your schedule. City Lights senior producer is Kim Droves. Summer Evans is our producer, and our engineer is Shelley Canavy. I'm your host, Lois Reitzes. I would love it if you'd follow me on Twitter at L-O-I-S-R-E-I-T-Z-E-S. You can also check in with us on Facebook at W-A-B-E City Lights. Thank you for listening to W-A-B-E Atlanta's Choice for NPR. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Have you donated to WAB yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wabe.org slash donate and become a member right now. And thank you.